Take Rabbi Yechanan in your hand. That we don't make a bracha in a sukkah on the eighth day, which may really be the seventh day. The Ravuna Bar Bizna, the Chol Gadoyli Hadar, Ravuna Bar Bizna, and all the, the greatest Talmud Chum of that generation, they once went into the sukkah on the eighth day, which may have really been the seventh day. They sat in it, but they did not make the bracha. So bring a proof from there that the greatest sage is held that you do not make a bracha on the eighth day, but you do go in. The Gemara says, Maybe the reason why they didn't make a bracha is not because they held that it's forbidden to make a bracha, but rather they held like the other opinion, that once you make the bracha on day one, you never make a bracha again, because we quoted that opinion, yes, and two days ago, da. The Gemara says, there was a, uh, a tradition that everybody knew that the me'afar asu, that Rav Huna Bar Bizna and the other G'dayli Adar, had, for whatever reason, they had not been in a position to actually sit in a sukkah the first seven days of sukkahs. So the fact that they weren't making a bracha here was a clear indication that they held you do not make a bracha on the eighth day, no matter what. Egedami, another version is, everyone agrees you do not make a bracha in the sukkah on the eighth day. Keep pligi where they argue, lemesap, to sit in the sukkah. According to the one who said that it's considered to be the seventh day for sukkahs, then you certainly should dwell in the sukkah. But according to the one who said that it's regarded as the eighth day, both for a bracha and for sitting, you shouldn't even sit in the sukkah on the eighth day at all. Take the halacha of Rabbi Yechanan in your hand that you don't make a bracha on the eighth day because it might be the seventh day. I'm sorry, you don't make a bracha on the eighth day, which might be the seventh day. In other words, if it would be the seventh day, you would make a bracha. If it's the eighth day, you don't make a bracha. So it's, we know it's the eighth day, but we give it the significant, we treat it halachically as if it's really the seventh day. So, but to the extent of making a bracha, that we don't do. The Maradashmaitzamani, who was the author of the taught, teaching that we said over in the name of Rav, of Yehuda Bereder of Shmuel Barshilas, or Yehuda the son of Shmuel Barshilas. Obashmini, Safek Shvi, Shvi, Labarmi Sukayasu. He himself, he would sit outside of the sukkah on the eighth day, which might really be the seventh. And halacha la is that on the eighth day, we sit in the sukkah, but we do not make a bracha on the sukkah. And indeed, that is what we do today as well, uh, at least for Ashkenazi Jews. Um, I don't know, I imagine Sephardi Jews do this as well. The only people I know who don't do this are Hasidim. And there's a big question, how it is the Hasidim explicitly go against that which is written in the Gemara. Uh, the Arach HaShulchan famously has an answer, very interesting answer, a very creative answer. He says that the Hasidim, who developed uh, primarily in places where it was very, very cold during Sukkot time, as we mentioned before, they held like this. When the Gemara says that to be sitting in the Sukkah, there's no indication that this is something that you're doing specifically because you believe it's Sukkot, as we just read in Tosfos before. That's what Tosa says. The fact that you're in the sukkah, you want to sit in the gazebo, beautiful weather. That might be true in Palo Alto. That might be true in Israel. But if you're in Poland, right, or in northern regions of Russia, right, sukkah's time, got news for you, it is freezing cold. No one voluntarily goes out into a gazebo, eat outside in those days. So if someone were to eat outside in their sukkah on the eighth day of sukkah in a freezing cold temperature place, it would be clear to all that the reason why they're doing this is because they believe that this is really still the seventh day. Well, that would be disrespectful to the eighth day that it is its own independent yomta. And therefore, 
the Hasidim decided that they should no longer eat in a sukkah on the eighth day because it would actually be too clear that they're doing it out of a belief that it's really the seventh day. On the eighth day of Sukkot, we say Shachiyonu once again. On Sukkot and Pesach, we have one holiday at the beginning, one holiday at the end. They're both the same idea. However, we all know, everybody remembers every year, everybody remembers, that when it comes to Shachiyonu, on Pesach, you only say Shachiyonu the very first night. And on Sukkot, you say Shachiyonu the first night and also the last night. I believe Rahama or some people say Rahama Rahanina say, Hey, I'll bring you a proof. The eighth day of Sukkot is qualitatively different from the earlier days in three different matters. The Sukkah, it has a Sukkah, a Lulav, and a Sukhamayim. What does this mean? It means there is no mitzvah of Sukkah on the eighth day on a Torah level. There's no mitzvah of Lulav on the eighth day. There's no mitzvah of Nisachamayim of pouring out the water on the Mizbeach on the eighth day of Sukkot. So clearly, the eighth day of Sukkot is not just the last day of the first seven days of Sukkah. It is its own discrete Yom Tov. And therefore, you make its own Shechiyana. The Gemara continues, Yehuda actually says that they would actually pour out one lug of water on all eight days. It's only different in two matters. If so, then the seventh day of Pesach also. The seventh day, you don't have to eat matzah. Because the halacha is that only on the first night of Pesach is it an obligation to eat matzah. After that, it's only a rishos optional. How can you compare it? In Pesach, it's different from the first night. But it's not different from the first day. Because guess what? The mitzvah of eating matzah is only at the Seder. Once you get to the morning of, of, sukkah, of Pesach, first day of Pesach, you're done. You have no more mitzvah to eat. But in the eighth day of Sukkot, it's different than even the previous day. Whereas on, on Pesach, the, the seventh day of Pesach is only different than the very first night of Pesach. But it's exactly the same as the first six days. Interesting, pretty similar answer, but clearly he's trying to point out something different. The seventh day of Pesach is different from that which is all of the days before it, up until the first night of Pesach, that's the only part that's different. Whereas Sukkot, this eighth day is only different than the previous, is different than every single day, not just the very first day. Amra Papa, par. In one case, it's written a par, a bull. Hasam ksiv parim. But in the other case, it's written bulls. says, On the eighth day, it's written on the day. Hasam ksiv ubayim. And on the first days, it's written, Ubayim, and on the day. Ravashi Amar, Ravashi says, Hacha Ksiv Kamishpat. Over here, it's written as it is prescribed. Hasam Ksiv Kamishpatam, as it was prescribed to them. Leimim Esayele, come and say that this is a proof to the opinion of Rabbi Echanan, that we say Shachiyonu on the eighth day. Haparim, Haelim, Bahakfasim, Ma'akvin Ze'ezzeh. We know that on Sukkot we have this very elaborate system of the karbanas that we bring as a uh, to help the nations of the world. We bring bulls, we bring rams, we bring lambs. And if you leave out one, then they're all going to become invalidated. Rabbi Yehuda, I remember Rabbi Yehuda says, Parim ein the, If you don't have enough bulls, they don't prevent the other ones from happening. Because we see that you don't bring the same amount of bulls on each day. You bring 13 bulls on the first day of Sukkot, and then you bring progressively one fewer each day. Amrulai, they said to him, 
Why are you saying only the bulls are not ma'akiv? They don't invalidate each other because those are the ones that you bring fewer each day. But isn't it also true that the rams and the lambs, you also bring fewer each day? Amalehani said to them, Shmini regal The eighth day of Sukkot is its own holiday. It's completely different. So the fact that you bring a, a smaller number of rams and lambs on the eighth day than the first seven days, that's not an indication that they don't invalidate each other. The fact that when it comes to the bulls, each and every day becomes progressively fewer, that's an indication that they're not tied to each other. Just as the seven days of Yom Tov have their own specific sacrifices, Bashir and their own song that is sung on the seven days, Ubracha and the blessing, we'll explain what this means, Velina, and they have to stay overnight in Yerushalayim. The halacha is any Yom Tov. Right? You come to Yerushalayim and you bring a carbon. You cannot leave Yerushalayim that night. You have to wait until the morning. And then after that, you can leave. You need time to sort of uh, internalize the message of what the carbon represented. So to the eighth day has to have its own sacrifices and its own song and its own bracha, its own bra, and the own lina, the halacha of lina. Now, my love, when it says its own bracha, is it not referring to Zman, that we the Shachianu, and we see, once again, like Rabbi Echanan, that you have to say Shachianu on the eighth day of Sukkot. Loi, the Gemara says, not true. Birchas HaMazon It's referring to the Yalav Yavo that we say in Birchas HaMazon and in Tvila, that we have its own, own reference to Shmini Atzeres. Because if you would have thought to say, when it says they have a special bracha that you're saying, and it's a time, and it's referring to Shachianu, Zman kol Shiva Miyeka, do you make a shachiyano on the first seven days of Sukkot? No, you make one shachiyano on the first day, and then you don't make another one. This is not a question. That's not a question. Here's the halacha, by the way. If this ever comes up in your life, hopefully it won't. But if it ever comes up in your life, you realize on the third day of Sukkot, third day of Pesach, you know, I did not make a shachiyano yet. I just totally forgot about it. You make a shachiyano right then and there. Okay? So what they're saying is, is like this, that when it comes to Sukkot, the, all seven days you could have made a bracha if you had forgotten to do it on an earlier day. But still, I'm sorry, not before that, but, and, and, but when it comes to the eighth day, it still make its own blessing as well. The Gemara now says, one second. In any case, you need to have a cup of wine to make a bracha of, of Shechian. And you don't necessarily have wine during Cholomoyed. Not everyone was so wealthy then as we are today. Perhaps say that this is a proof to the opinion of Rav Nachman. Who says the Amar Nachman? Zman Nachman says when it comes to the bracha of Shachiyanu, you do not require a cup of wine or challah to make the Shachiyanu. Even without that, you can make the bracha. The Amar Beinan Kais, because if you would say you do need a cup of wine to make the bracha, Kais Kol Yema you have a cup of wine with you each day of Cholamayit. The Dilma, the Ikla Le Kais. The Gemara says, what's your proof? Maybe indeed I'll come across a cup of wine. Okay, so that, that we're, we're leaving off with not really a great proof from there as to any indication as to uh, whether or not the middle days has its own obligation. It does not have its own obligation to say it ideally, but if you forgot, then you could say it. Ah, you don't have wine? Maybe you will have wine. And does Rabbi Yehuda hold that the eighth day requires lina, requires a separate, you have to stay in Yerushalayim? But Tanya, we learned in a vice of Yehuda, how do I know that the Pesach Sheni, that the 15th day of Iyar, if somebody has to come up to Yerushalayim, because they were Tomei on the first day of Pesach, right, and the 15th day of Nisan, that it does not require staying overnight. And they wake up in the morning and they immediately return to their tents. 
Right after the Pasuk of saying that in the wake up in the morning and then leave, that means you have to stay overnight by implication. It then says, after six days of eating matzah. Well, after Pesach Sheni, you don't require six days of eating matzah. So only that which required six days of eating matzah will require staying overnight. That which does not require six days of eating matzah, does not require staying overnight. The miyute mai, what's it coming to exclude? Lav, the miyute nami, shmine shalchai, is it not coming to exclude the eighth day of Yom Because the same way that you don't require six days, well, guess what? Eighth day of Yom you're done also. Where it says, loy, it's not coming to exclude that. The miyute pesach sheni, it's coming to exclude only the second pesach. Why? The kavase, because it's similar enough that if we meant to exclude something, presumably it would mean to exclude something which is similar to it. It makes sense to say like this as well. It's not because we learned in the Mishnah. Habikurim to unin karbon b'shir utenufa alina. The bikurim, right? This week's parsha. When you have the first fruits, you bring them up to Yerushalayim. You need to bring a karbon along with them. You need to sing a song with them. You need to wave them, and it also requires staying overnight. Man shamet lo da'amar tenufa. Who is the one who says that it requires waving of them? You pick it up and you wave it together with a koi in a different direction. Rabbi Yehuda, it's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And he also says it requires staying overnight, even though the, the mitzvah of Bikurim does not last six days and still requires staying overnight. So when we said that there's a day in which you do not require staying overnight after bringing a, a carbon that the entire Jewish people are obligated in, it must only come to exclude the case of Pesach Shein. The Tanya, as we learned in a price. Rabbi Yehuda says, zu tenufa. That I shall lay it down. This is referring to the tenufa, the waving of the um, bikurim. Ata tenufa, When you say that the tenufa, does that refer to the actual waving, or perhaps what it means is the laying it down literally? When it says and lay it down, that already is the act of laying it down. How do you acquire and you should lay it down? Zutanufa, this is referring to the waving of the Bikurim. And not Rabbi Yehuda, who says that if it's less than six days, you don't have to stay. The Tanya will learn to Nebaisa. According to Pasuk in the Torah, this parsha, and the Kayan shall take the basket from your hand. Limit ala Bikurim to teach you that the Bikurim that it will require waving. These are the words of Rabbi Yehuda. My time to realize Rabbi Yaakov. What's the reason for Rabbi Yaakov? Asya yad yad mishlamim. He learned it out from a what a what we call a gzera shava, a comparison of the word hand over here and the word hand in the case of shlamim. So it says hand by the shlamim offering, right? The special offerings of uh, peace offerings, and it says hand when it comes to the tenufa of um, of the bikurim. Siv hacha. It's written over here. And the coin shall take the basket of Bikurim, first fruits from your hand. And it's written over there by the Shlomim. His hands will take the offering to Hashem. Just like over there, it's referring to the Kayin. So over here, it's referring to the Kayin. Just like over there, the, co- the owners bring it and wave it. So to over here, the owners have to wave it. What's the case? The Kayin puts his hand underneath the hands of the owner, Umeinif, and waves it. My what at the end of the day is going to be the, the halacha? Do we make a bracha of Shachyonu on the eighth day of Sukkot or not? 
Indeed, we do make a shachiyanu on the eighth day of sukkah, which is the halacha. We don't make a leisha basukkah, even if you're a lit fish and you eat in the sukkah, but you do make a shachiyanu. Uh, okay, I think we're going to stop right over here, right at the bottom of the page, the last uh, line. Tomorrow night, we'll learn at 9.15. I'm going to be giving a class, so tomorrow night will be at 9.15. But as Rast Hashem, hope everyone can make it. Okay, take care, guys. Be well. Good night. Bye-bye.